1: The sounds you can hear in the background are coming from South Liverpool Football Club's New Ground which is just metres from the River Mersey. We're visiting at an exciting time for the team which used to be a really big deal in non-league football. They're right in the middle of a campaign to get back into the non-league pyramid and regain the reputation they once had. It was almost pitch black as I drove along Otterspool Prom to get here It's about eight o'clock on a very cold, dark evening. The wind is blowing off the Mersey, and I've forgotten my gloves. But the pictures are lit, and I'm keen to meet club secretary, Jim Stanway, and board member, Gary Johansson, who are two of the people helping to transform the club. We're also hoping to catch a few of the coaches and players for the other teams based here, including the women's team, South Liverpool Feds, in between their training sessions. So let's go in.
2: South Liverpool was a massive name in the 80s, like you know John Aldridge, Jimmy Case, absolutely massive, massive club, and it's been in the doldrums for a while, gradually moving back up through the lower leagues. They used to play just on the field, just the other side of the railway track. Then obviously when this opened, it was, wow, we've got a real opportunity here to push forward and try and get back into the non-league pyramid of football. I'm 63
0: now, and I started supporting them when I was 12. We used to play... Where now the South Liverpool Parkway is. I remember coming home from holiday with my family on the train and going past this place. It was a proper ground. I had floodlights and, and stand and teverson and all that. Yeah. Ooh, that's interesting. I, I'd like to go and have a look at that. And eventually I did. Loved it. Eventually got involved in running the club because a lot of the older people left. and I, I, Me and some of my friends were, were quite young then. We've been rooming that ever since, really. Sometimes you can come here and it's absolutely chocker. You can't move, and you know, that's a great thing, isn't it?
1: So, South Liverpool was a really big name in its day.
0: There's a, there's a story told by a lot of South fans that Adolf Hitler's an awful lot to answer for. Before the Second World War, South were almost the best club outside the Football League, and we were within hair's breadth of getting into the Football League just before the war. We'd won everything. Uh, We even won the Welsh Cup, which might seem a bit bizarre because I'm not from Wales. Uh, It was all a bit looser than it is now. Uh, So we won that in 1939. Then the war came. Obviously, by the time 1946 arrived, I don't believe any of the squad died in the war, actually. We were all six years older. We just weren't the force anymore. And we never quite achieved that that preeminence again, although we were in second tier of football below the football league for many years, one that reorganised itself a few times. We were quite a big name. We we were the the team that matured John Aldridge and Jimmy Case, two very big Liverpool players. It was where they started to play, both local lads and Garstead.
1: And this is when you were on the site that's now yes. the South Parkway station. Yeah, 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 so yeah. you moved around a bit as a. As After a
0: that, yeah, we were very nomadic. Um, we couldn't find anywhere appropriate until we moved to Jericho Lane on the other side of the railway. It's called the North Field. It was a very, very poor pitch when we moved to it, but we could see there was some room for. Uh, improvements and so we have stayed there really uh, I, I would say up until a year or two ago with a third-round club in the uh, in, in, in the city that's within the city boundaries I'm talking about but we've dropped down a bit now there's a, a team called lower Brack who have moved up the pyramid so in a way it's a bit fortuitous that we've moved to this new site uh, we've got the possibility of developing it and get back to maybe somewhere where we were. Those three pitches, Laura, exactly the same. Although, put play rugby on there.
2: Liverpool Titans play on there.
1: Oh, yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. Amazing but chilly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: tell you what, Laura, you're very, very blessed tonight. Because normally, it's howling and gale. As you can imagine, it just come, the weather comes off the river.
1: <laughs> but you keep playing nonetheless.
0: Oh yeah, well of course. And I mean the other thing is, of course, the, these are virtually impervious to the uh, the, the weather. The pictures? Yeah, it, you can play on these, and it could be battering it down. Uh, because it won't get waterlogged.
1: Um, so how do you feel when you when you stand here and look at all of this?
0: Well, I, I feel excited because you can see the scope for like sort of improvements, like the concrete plinths there there's there space there we we're going to put the stands there and once once that's all started to be done and you'll you'll feel as if in a proper stadium
2: it's a mixture of hardware on the pitch and off the pitch because from a from a playing point of view we need within the West Cheshire League division 1 at the moment which is like a feeder league up to the North West Counties so on the pitch we need to finish at least in the top 5 to be considered for promotion and off the pitch everything needs to be done by the 31st of march
1: so what changes do you have to make
2: there's a few we have to have like a um, a a separate walkway which is from the edge there where the players come out of their dressing rooms because we can't have them coming in the same way as the fans Mm -hmm. so we need to kind of do a separate walkway to come through the back here this slightly higher interior fence needs to come down to be the same side as the perimeter fence all the way around yeah and then like i say we've got the plinth there to put the stands on so I came on board um, in June. It's the same kind of committee members that were with the club from the 80s, so so they needed kind of a bit of, like, new blood to kind of, like, promote things from a different perspective. I put a tweet out on social media, revamped it all, and I think it's been seen about 170-odd thousand times or something like that, what our intention was. So it's just making people aware that, you know, South Liverpool isn't dead, it's going well.
1: And is the location important, do you think?
2: It is because, obviously, we used to play where Liverpool South Parkway Station was. And in the nomadic years, they have played in Runcorn, they played in Bootle, they played in various places because they didn't have their own pitch. And then, I think from the early 90s, they've been playing on Northfield, but that wasn't equipped to go any higher because they didn't have floodlights, they didn't have clubhouse, they didn't have anything like that. Moving here is the right time. Everything seems to be coming together on the pitch and off the pitch to get the club back. So it's uh, it's quite exciting.
1: And you're right here on the banks of the Mersey, you couldn't be any more Liverpool than that.
2: Apart from like when it's raining and, and the wind is like coming in from the river it's a bit like chilly, but it's a it, it, you couldn't have a more perfect setting.
1: And it's important that you've got So many different teams here, different ages, different genders,
3: children.
2: Exactly, that's what what South Liverpool are all about. They're all about community, they're all about uh, the youth, they're all about trying to bring people through. We've got lots of players in our first team. In fact, we had one celebrating his 100th first team appearance um, a couple of games ago, and he made his debut, I think, in 2006 in one of the youth sides, and he's come all the way through to go to the first team. So... That's what we're about what we're about inclusion? What about um, trying to get kids playing football and and to think well do you know what, you're not just playing in a an under sixes, under sevens, under eights, you're playing for South Liverpool under sevens and you can progress through the through the age range and, and through the through the groups and the and the teams and you know possibly progress to the first team.
3: So I've been with this team now for about seven years. I have a role in the fetch first team on a Sunday. I was assistant manager last year, but I just help in the coaching capacity. I do the training on a Thursday, so I also take the second team on a Sunday. So I'm the man, And also, right? he collects the money, which is very important. <laughs> the man with the purse, yeah, that's me. I'm 43 now, so just keep playing as long as you possibly can. I mean. I love the game. I go to the park with my kids, I play with them. You know, it's just do as much as you can while you can. And did
1: you do the same thing with your dad? Did you go-
3: Not really. No, things are a, a lot different. Like yeah. when I was growing up, it was like, my dad was working shifts all the time, so never really got much of a chance. We never had facilities like we've got here now today. I mean, most of the games we played when we were kids were called off because grass pitches were so boggy. And now you look at the facilities we've got here, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. So
1: did you, how did you get into fo- football generally? Just
3: school. I think any school in, in, in the country, especially through the 80s and early 90s, it was one and only sport. I mean, either that or a little bit of cricket in the summer, in the off-season. But everything started in school, I suppose, and growing up in like, the 70s and the 80s, watching Liverpool. Makes you want to have a little go yourself not quite to that standard like but
1: so what keeps you coming out it's freezing cold tonight but you're still here doing
3: it well there's two aspects really i enjoy it but also just the fitness side of it especially when you get into your 40s you've got to keep yourself as active as possible the only only reason you play football is basically to win so you've got to keep winning you can don't turn up on a saturday or a sunday and just turn up just to play you turn up to win and the guys here, the mentality is to win to get as high as they possibly can into the football leagues. That would be brilliant.
4: So I'm Steve Grimes. I'm a coach at Liverpool Feds and a coach at South Liverpool. At one time when I was eight, seen yeah, the Champions League final in 2005. And that was sort of when I sort of kick-started there, day. Like I said, yeah, go on, I really do want to kick on and play football now and I'll participate in the sport. And pretty much since then, really, I've been in and out years on end. I've been coaching since a young age of 17. I got involved with Liverpool Feds, well, four years ago now. Enjoyed They've been involved with the first team set for three years, been really, really positive. Things have really been picking up, you know, grassroots side of it, the club has been fantastic.
1: So how important are youth teams, do you think, to kids?
4: Uh, I think they're really, really crucial, really key to youth development, especially now with the success rate of children getting into professional football, being so, so small, so I think... At the end of the day, if children don't play football or not involved in any sort of sport, you know, it's going to end up in the devastating result of maybe obesity, so on and so forth, and that's a big issue, yeah. Each child's different. The way in which I engage them, you just got to give a smile, have a little laugh with them, you know, build that nice, positive rapport with them. And I think if you do that, you earn their respect, and if you earn their respect, they know where the fine line is. I've, I've enjoyed it. I've never, ever had a run-in with any parents or a child in the last five years just because I've just been myself, been who I am. It's been fantastic to see the development of some players who have now coached and went into academies. I've
5: played feds now for three years and I'm currently 29 going on 30, so I'm getting on a little bit, yeah. I've been playing football most of my life, mainly my dad and uncles, uh, just going to the park on a Sunday afternoon um, and just playing with them. And then I was in the boys' school team. And then leading on to that, joined Mossley Hill. And then had a uh, short stint in Iceland playing professional football as well, which was quite good.
1: So you were in the boys' team, was there not a girls' team at school?
5: No, there was no, uh, there was no girls' team, so I was in the boys' team. We ended up getting all the way to the final and um, played in Anfield on the day. I used to play right back then and work my way forward. But yeah, I'm, but to be honest, um, the team that I played for, the boys' team that I played for, the management was really good and be seeing um the potential in all the players not just the boys the boys that were playing but yeah it was really good. What was it like playing at Anfield? It was fantastic. Oh God, you're a red Yeah, yeah big red. Um, yeah it was really good. I was it was a few years ago now about 18 20 years ago. And my dad filmed it. It was on the old tape recorder. So he's filming it but as he's shouting and screaming he's only ended up filming my feet. But yeah, I have got short short clips of little bits and bobs from the game which was really nice to see. And how did you get playing professionally? Um, so I actually got scouted. So um, the league that I was playing in at the time was good standard. and I was top goal scorer within the country. Um, and they sent me an email across. Um, just saying, kind of, would you earn, like the opportunity to come in twice and play professional football? And to be honest, I thought it was a joke at first. But they asked me on the Sunday, I was there by the Tuesday.
1: Do you think there are more opportunities for women's football now, or girls? Football?
5: Uh, massive opportunities. I, I, I mean, I wish I was at the age of twenty again now, because I think I, I would have done a lot, a um, lot more with with me football and career, um, rather than where I, what the, the journey that I had to take. Um, to get where they am now, but I think I would have talked a lot um, serious if we had the opportunities that we, well, the girls have now that we we would have had ten years ago. Do you have any advice for girls trying to get into it? I, I bite. I tell them to bite any opportunity and uh, take anything that come to them.
3: What is it
1: about football as a game? Do you think that, that attracts so many people?
0: Well, I, I think it's got a lot to do with the team mentality that you. You're not just doing it for yourself. You're doing it for you and your mates. It's an easy game to play, really. Um, you don't it doesn't need much. You don't really need much, do you? Yeah. you, really jumpers, need, much, do you? you need a ball, boots. you know? All oh, right, they've got to buy their own boots and all that, but oh, you need a football,
2: oh, right, football and maybe a few bibs, and that's it. I've always loved non-league football, even as a kid. Personally, I think it's too corporate with um, Premier League football now. It's so money orientated. You don't, you don't have a sense of inclusion, whereas. Uh, you know, all our fans are kind of mingling with the players in in the bar, saying hello to them, chatting to them. It's kind of you don't have that uh, relationship in Premier League football. It's just it's just too distant.
1: So, which other football teams do you support?
2: I'm an Everton fan, and I support Yeovil Town. But don't ask me about that one. They're down in Somerset. I just liked the name of them when I was about eight, and followed them ever since.
1: So you're hoping for a waterfront different stadium for Everton, but you've already, you've already got one for South Liverpool.
2: Do you know what? I'm not. I'm. I, I'm not that bothered about Everton Stadium. I'm more. My heart is with non-league football. That's where. That's where the passion is. That's where the excitement is.
1: This episode of Liminal was presented, produced, and edited by me, Laura Davis. You can find the series wherever you listen to your podcasts. But for exclusive, interactive, immersive content, download the Entail app for iOS and Android. Liminal is a Laudable production for the Liverpool Echo. You can find out more about Laudable and its other local podcasts by following us on social media, on Twitter, where we are, at Laudable Pods, and Instagram by searching for laudable underscore podcasts. If you like what you heard, please rate and review Liminal and help other listeners discover us too. And join us next week when we'll be taking another walk along the coastline and meeting some of the people who have made their lives there.